What up, world? It's DJ Teflon, the highest DJ on the planet, and I just pulled up to the apartment with Pile. Hey, Pile. Meet me at the apartment. <laughs> Yo, you already know. It's your boy Pile. We in the apartment with Pile. Meet me in the apartments. I love this shit. I I, I think I don't, I think I don't found something that I like, y'all. That I like, really like to do. Like, I was an artist because I just so happened to stumble up on being an artist. I never been recording, been rapping and singing in the choir like everybody else, and doing. I I, I didn't. I did regular freestyle shit in the, in the um in the cafeteria, being on the drum regular. Never had never had music inspirations at all. You know what I'm saying? I just ended up in it, and I did it because I, I was getting paid off of it. But it's just, it's like now, with this podcast, like I ain't even really getting paid off this, but I like I really love this shit because I really get a chance to interact with people. I get a chance to ask people the stuff that I be thinking in my head, the way I view things, the way I see things. You know what I'm saying? And and I, I and I want to be the person that dives into who these artists really are so we can know the people that we watching and hearing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so with that being said, today I got one of my homies, one of my friends, person I know for a long time. And he has been one of the people who has helped make Atlanta what it is today. Because without what he do, our city wouldn't be the city. All right. What I'm doing now and what he doing now, we end up connecting on the same thing again. So now he like he got a podcast. So I'm chilling, I'm watching. And I'm like, well, oh, you smoking that weed shit like that? You dabbing this too? Why well, hey, don't nobody don't nobody do this shit? I'm the only nigga who do nigga like looking at me for he like, yeah, we having sessions. So boom. I pull up on his podcast. We sit down. We have a good session. You know what I'm saying? Now I got a podcast, and he like, shit, I got to pull up on you. And it's only fucking right for we discuss the city of Atlanta and discuss this fucking weed culture. You know what I'm saying? This is the, the, a trillion-dollar fucking business and industry that I think that everybody should get into. If you indulge in any kind of cannabis, I think that you need to find a way to make some money off this shit in the future. You know what I'm saying? But with other than that being said, you know what I'm saying? I like to welcome my motherfucking dog. DJ Teflon to the motherfucking pop mix. Appreciate you. you talking about, man? Like, listen, I told you I needed to pull up. I already knew the code at the gate was 420. I just needed to Fact. get in. I just needed to get in. Motherfucking facts, man. Facts. Motherfucking facts. So listen, I want to say appreciate you coming to them, motherfucker. Appreciate you know what you saying? having me. That shit big. You know what I'm saying? Especially, like, I'm the type of person that through my my trials and tribulations, tribulations throughout my years, and me seeing other people's trials and tribulations throughout the years, I have found the I've got a sense of the things that are really important. Okay. See what I'm saying? I ain't never been a real a really big materialistic person. You know what I'm saying? Like I used to let all my little brothers and homies wear all my jewelry all the time, drive my cars. I ain't never been one of the people like, nah, man, you can't. You know, I, I just I ain't never care about it. I care more about love and how people feel around me and how I'm making people feel. You know what I'm saying? But I started learning the finer things is, and what I mean when I say that is to really appreciate good friends. 
really appreciate people who really help you and root for you. And that don't always mean that every time you do something, they, they got to be right behind you. That's every time you see them, you see them, they support you and you support them. When they got a platform, they bring you on their platform and fuck with you and turn you on what they got going on. If you can call them or ask them a question, they pick up the phone for you, that's a friendship. You know what I'm saying? Niggas think that they got to talk every day and we got to hang every day. We got, bro, that's, that's teenagerish. That's what you do when you're a teenager. People have real deal grown lives. And like, I, I, I'm single without kids, so I, I got the most carefree life out of most people. But I still got shit to do. Like, people have lives to live. So, like, you don't have, we don't have to talk every day. Don't make you less, no, no less my man. Facts, facts, facts. And, um, and with you, I see that. Anytime you were sitting at a club, I always play a dark record. Anytime we was in the club, I always gave a nigga a shout out. Anytime I seen you in public, it was always love. And I'm going to tell you one thing about real niggas. Real niggas, they're energy-fed people. You know what I'm saying? Real niggas fear energy. And every time I ever fuck with you, the energy has always been positive, like super positive. You see what I'm saying? And then, not with just that, even the connection that we had through me and my co-op homies with Buddha and Yurt, Psych Mike and all them, and the history that y'all had, and right. just how all this shit was tying into each other. Back to now to the both of us fucking with the cannabis, my fucking, my big bro is fucking trick trick, you know what I'm saying, with the heavyweight heads, uh, two um, high time cannabis cup, gold cup winners, and you fucking with Burner, and being Burner's DJ, like, and how all this shit come back, I believe in the energy of the universe. You see what I'm saying? And all these factors why I sit back and every time I talk to you, my, I be like, oh, yeah, this is a friend. You see what I'm saying? So I go back to, like I said, when I first started the show. It's a pleasure with me having you on here, dog. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you having me again because I feel the same way about you. It's always been genuine. Genuine speaks for itself. So, like, you, we've never had this conversation prior to now, but it's, the feeling is extremely mutual. Anything you see me doing, you, you extra supportive and vice versa. Like, Life gets you, you go far in life with respect and just being a good person, and that's who I am. Thanks, thanks. And I think this is a great example of that. And let me, <laughs> I'm, let me give y'all examples of it. Like, it's not like it's a lot of phone conversations. It's just keep good shit, bro. Boy, I'm liking that shit. I'm fucking with that shit. Boom, he do something special. I call him. Hey, dog, I just seen that shit you did, bro. Keep rocking that shit. was dope. Other than that, it's just support, support, support. That shit don't take a lot, bro. It don't take a lot. A lot of a lot of I talk a lot of young guys feel like posting up on coming on a nigga post all the time, every time you see it is like like lame. When has networking ever been lame? When has love cost you anything? Facts. When like it, it's it's a, a like they got auto comments and shit. Like it's set up to to be to cheer a nigga on. That's what it, it started out as. So why not? Because you never know who's who's struggling and needs some words of encouragement. Facts. Facts, them big facts, and that's why I think that I, I'm, I'm able to provide to the, to my supporters and my listeners, you know what I'm saying, them great messages and these great stories and these examples and these testimonies that people go through on different phases of life. Like I told people, I don't just do DJs and artists and athletes and celebrities. Like, bro, you can be a regular Joe Blow. I done had a homie on here. He ain't never really did nothing. You know, he tried to do a little music, but nothing never ever supersede, but his story was great. I want people to be able to share their stories. I was just listening or uh, watching the clips from the Rich Homie Quan joint. Uh-huh. And he was talking about selling a little weed in high school. I never had to sell weed. Like, in high school, 
I had a and, and this is no knock to him, but like it was like, damn, what am I gonna talk about on apartments? But you're right, it's about a story. Like, but I was interested to hear that story. But it was like, damn. I was always cool in the apartments, but I didn't live in the apartments. Yeah. My face car was always even better. I went to the apartments on the weekend. Mm-hmm. With my cousins in them. Mm-hmm. So. Look, we ain't got um. No, nah, but that what you that was that what that what it did back in the day. Everybody on Spirits apartment in some type of shape, form, or fashion. And when and, and then when I say like departments, it's just like that spot. Like even if you stay didn't stay in apartments, even if you stay like some houses, you are gonna have that house, that spot that everybody chill at, that garage, that everybody that everything happened at. Like that's department. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like that's department. No um, bullshit. So listen, what is it we smoking on right here? That is some Granddaddy Pluto mixed with. The regular Pluto, and that's in the vibes Cubano. Those, not Cubano, that's a Cali. Those ain't even out yet. Like I said, I beat this shit. They big, big in my motherfucking finger, bro. And they bit pulling. They lie to you and say three grams. That's about four and a half in there. Facts. Yeah, about four grams. Get you one of these, man. And all this, right? We got after this shit. I'm gonna have a note where y'all can go fact, figure out all this shit we smoking. We'll put it at the end. Smoking session. This is a special edition. Oh yeah, because we got some. some this is special some, edition. Some oh no, we gonna smoke. We gonna show y'all some shit. Like this is special edition. Smokers edition. Facts. This is special edition. I knew I could always put. Like I'm most comfortable in the smoking section, no matter where I go. So I knew I could pull up and be in the smoking section. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so look, let's do this. I always like to start like all the way back. Like I, I, I feel like it's it's three levels. Well, it's more than three, but I, I want to focus on three levels of life. The reason I say three levels of life is because a lot of people don't make it past some other lives. So if, I'm going to say these three levels, and it's one, it's one through 10, 10 through 20, 20 through 30, all right? Okay. That's, that's you what it is, all right? Okay. And, and really, I say the three parts of life is because when you're growing up, you learn and you see certain things, and the things that you see shape you and to make you what make you feel how you feel believe what you believe and want to do what you want to do and don't do what you want to do then when you start getting a teenager you start to try and indulge in these things and say oh i ain't want to do that no more i want to do this because now you're figuring yourself out you know what i'm saying then is when you get grown now you try now you're creating who you who you want your legacy to be all right <coughs> i like this accurate as shit. i like to start all the way back to like where you was born where you from um, and your influences growing up, like the things you've seen, and I'm I'm talking about like preteen. Okay. And you know what I'm saying? And your upbringing, like um, in the church, I had my mom and my dad. This is why I seen this. Is why? Because I just want I, I want people to get a perspective of you and 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 understand. You know, so when you say certain things, they got an idea of what you mean and what your direction is. I'm gonna start with. I have a brother who's three days older than me. Mm-hmm. Three days, legitimate three days older than me. Um, my pops had a couple kids. My mother and father wasn't together most of my life. My pops grew up in jail. So start right there. Jail was out for me. From from a kid, from growing up, watching my father in jail, jail was totally out for me. I could Anything that was going to give me some jail time was out of the question. Mm-hmm. Seriously, like going to visit someone in jail, like even better, let's take it back. In New York, most of the jails are upstate. Mm-hmm. What part of New York are you from? I'm from the Bronx. Okay. <clears throat> We used to have to come from, we take the train from Manhattan, excuse me, from the Bronx to Manhattan. There was a, uh, a bus company called Prison Gap. They took you upstate to the jails. 
You left there Friday night, 10 p.m. You drove overnight. You truck shop showered. You pulled up to the jail in the morning. You you visited 8 to 5, 8 to 3-ish. You hopped on the bus, and you was back home the next day at 11 o'clock. I did that from 5 to 16. Jail's out of the question. Just watching how they, like, seeing what the other side was like, jail was always out of the question. So even better, most of my decisions are based on jail's out of the question. So so, so now, so really, as you, as you coming up, all right, as far as the perspective, anything that you've seen that, that you've seen that that ends in jail, was out the question, period. That mental right there is going to put you on the on, on the line, okay? Because with me hearing you say that, to me, it's just like, okay, it's either I'm not going to be a drug dealer, not going to be a robber, not going to be a killer, not going to be a thief. This is already out of the question. So immediately your, your, your ambition has to transfer somewhere. So it's either going to be uh, a trait, or I'm gonna to go to school. You see what I'm saying? What was it? I got a job. Just boom. Go. Like my mother didn't graduate from college, so the like I grew up in the. Once you graduated high school, you went to you went to college, or you got a job, my nigga. You ain't sitting around here sucking on my AC, fucking smoking your pot, thinking you're cool. You can go to college, or you can go get you a job. Got a job. She knew you were smoking. My mother is a retired pothead. She 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 accepted it seventeen. So when you got seventeen, she like you can smoke. I used to pick her up from work because I moved here to live with my grandmother, so she didn't have a driver's license or a car yet. So part of my job was to come pick her up. It's Christmas break, eleventh, twelfth grade year. You know, back in the day, niggas go to the cut, smoke it out. I done smoked out my car. Got to go pick up mom's. Pick her up. We get in the car. She smoked cigarettes at the time. She fired up her cigarette. We driving. She was like, you smoke cigarettes? I was like, nah. She was like, you got friends that smoke cigarettes? I was like, yeah. She was like, you got friends that smoke weed? I was like, yeah. She was like, you smoke <laughs> weed? Yeah. She was like, damn, you told me the truth. I was like, yeah. You used to smoke. Pops would be smoking if he's out of jail. Your best friend smoked. Like, why lie about this? And from then on, she was kind of cool with it. Like, she didn't. She wasn't a champion for it, but she never tripped about it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't smoke in the house or nothing, but smoke your little weed. At least I know, and I know you. That's all you doing. Yeah, that was crazy, cause I, I don't know exactly how old I was when my mama found that I was smoking weed, but she <coughs> said she been new because I used to come in the house and like my 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 projects when you walk in the door. It's the kitchen, then it's the steps to go upstairs, then it's the living room. So you can come in and slide up the steps, and your mom and them in the living room won't even see you, all right? So I used to come in the house, and I'd come in to go in the refrigerator. I'd be getting all kind of shit going out. Got the munchies. Yeah. So <laughs> she used to say, this is how she said she found out I was smoking weed, and I, I, I peeped it. She's, when I used to come in the house like that, she'll call my name, and she's always call my name, and i say, yes, ma'am. She'll say, come here. And I come around and I stick my head around and say, yes, ma'am. And she'll say, nothing. <laughs> and I always didn't know why the fuck she did. I should be like, I should be doing it all the time. She didn't want to see the dumbass look on your face. <laughs> she wanted to see my eyes. 
She knew my eyes dead ass red and low. No, oh, I'm high. Funny. You know what I'm saying? But when you're a kid, you, oh, ain't, you don't really be, you don't really pay attention to think about that shit. Not at all. You, know you, what think, I'm saying? you think everything's cool? You don't yeah. put some Visine yep. in? You fix your shirt? <laughs> like, it's, look high? What you talk about? Sober. When, when, when was your first time smoking weed? <sighs> I know exactly when it was. I had just moved here. I had been living here. And what, I'm not mentioning, but, but at what age it was when you moved here? I moved here at 16, 11th grade. 11th grade, okay. I pull up to school right after Thanksgiving break. Interesting time. Too. What school? Southwest Cab. Okay. Inter so Super interesting time. Yeah. Um, Southwest had just won the championship. My cousin... Um, he was home from college. He's two years older than me. And I hadn't been going out, hadn't had been having the best time. He came and got me. We went to the game. They won. We went to, is it the East Hamp? The Hamp? Yeah. Got a four blood, got a four or five blood dub. Yeah. And we got high. Boom. High motherfucker. Did you roll one up or did they roll? Uh, they, I'm, I'm, they smoking. This is my first time smoking. I'm, I'm even lying saying I'm smoking because he don't want, like, he ain't trying to take me home to my grandmother, and he be responsible. So you're like, you 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 smoke? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm smoke, yeah, man. I do this all the time. Fire that shit up. And that was my first time smoking. I can't remember. Was you high for? Do you remember you how high you were? My cousin had a Honda Civic Coupe. Uh huh. CD. Remember the disc changers? He was like, go back there and change the disc. I done put the cartridge in backwards. You know, that was a hassle back in the day. You had to Hell pull yeah. that shit out, take it Take it out, yep. I put Because he get jammed in that motherfucker. I put the shit in backwards, fucked up the whole night. How's the motherfucker? Geek the fuck up. I had no business back there touching that shit. I didn't know nothing about car radios and shit. I just moved from New York. Nobody in my family had cars, really. I had no business back there touching that. <laughs> just trying to be cool little cuz. Cool little cuz. Cool who little I already smoked. Now, got high. Don't smoke their, their, don't smoke their, their full blood dub for the hell. Got high the motherfucker don't put the goddamn CD in he, backwards. My cousin's from here. They grew up in the fourth floor and then they moved to Lithonia. So he's from here. So he he got the best of both worlds. That's like that's who house I would go to on in apartments. Oh, his his family's house, like his side of the family. So yeah, he this is what he do. He nineteen, no, maybe eighteen, second year of college, first year of college. Pick up my little cousin, you know, spend the block. He just moved in town. What it uh, you want you wanna give a shout out? <laughs> my cousin Will. I <laughs> yeah, gonna give him a shout out. My cousin man. Will, he came and scooped me and came and fuck with me. That's he, all right, even man. better, he I don't think I've never told him that that was my first time getting high. And cause I'm super sorry about the CD player, man. Like he was mad. My bad. Oh, he was tight. Huh? <laughs> he had just got his car, and you know that was an add-on back in the day. Cause th yeah. this is tape player. Cause this man. is in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the CD charger in the back. Yeah, like he let me out the back to go back there and change, it, and I fucked it up. Damn. God damn. Okay. So so boom. So boom. You got damn it. You're in the Bronx. What type of shit was going on around you that you were seeing up there? You know what I'm saying? As you were growing up, that you were just like, you know what? Cause I I, I like to say this. When you grow up, when you grow up in the hood, you're gonna see two things. Things you wanna do, things you ain't gonna do, or things you don't wanna do. You know what I'm saying? What was those things that you were seeing that you was just like, you know what, stay away from them, you're doing too much, stay away from them? Um, 
it's funny. Anybody that my mother was like, yo, that little boy going to jail. See how he act? That little boy going to jail. That's all she had to say. Again, jail was out of jail was out of the question for him to jump. So most of my life decisions have been based on that fact. Like when my pops get out in a few years, I owe him a check for that. That that like that was safe that like and he don't know that, but that's what kept me out of that, that's what kept me out of trouble. Like all my decisions have been based on him and that. Yeah. That's powerful. That's the power. This that's powerful. And it's rare that people find that. A lot of people say they go to the to the other side. Man, I don't give a fuck, man. Fuck all this shit. You know what I'm saying? And shit, my daddy got them in it, so I don't want to get goddamn. You see what I'm saying? True a lot story. of niggas take that mentality though. You know what I'm saying? The so, other side didn't look good. Like that shit was that shit was fucked up. Like you visiting somebody in a real correctional facility that like that's doing I don't know if it was fair to state time, but like really doing some time. That shit is fucked up. It's dirty. It's dingy. Like you far from everybody. I don't really want to take this bus ride out here. So I know nobody else gonna want to take this bus ride out here. Like, yeah, who on? It's a lot. You ain't who? You want? You you know no no sports. I played. I I, I knew it wasn't going nowhere. Like yeah. everybody in New York could trip. Yeah. Everybody had handles. So you had handles. No. I just like that's that, that's the, the equivalent. Like everybody in New York could dribble. Like, yeah. Niggas play ball. So niggas gonna play ball. So it's nothing, nothing never serious. Was you ever interested in the music and the DJ and shit back then? My cousin made me get in the band. What grade? Eleventh grade. Mm-hmm. I took matter of fact, twelfth grade. I didn't get into twelfth grade, but they had a hard ass band too. They did. Um, one of the best in the nation. True story. <laughs> it's funny because one of my homeboys, T. Lewis, was the drum major from. He's Lil Wayne's DJ. He's the drum. He used to be the drum major at Southern. Shout out to T. Lewis, man. Shout out to the and homie T. Lewis, man. T. Lewis is nice, you know, DJing. And he was like, fam, he was in the band cutting and scratching. It's kind of like DJ. I mean, cutting like kind of like beating the drum. And I was like, whoa. Because T. Lewis had been at DJing a little bit longer than I have. And when he said that, it just gave me a whole perspective on how I cut. Like, and I would have never put one and two together. Like, I got in the band by chance. My cousin said get in the band. If you don't play a sport, get in the band. What 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 instrument you play? Snare, and I don't, I never march. I just took the band classes. So you just why why no? What made you to pick snare? Um, the drums looked the cool, and all my homeboys played the drums. And them drums, that, that, that's the hardest thing that I did to me. In the, you know what I'm saying? Why not the um? What the big one called? I want to carry that big ass. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, I can fuck with that too. Who like, like yeah? I rather not. I ain't thinking about that. They name them two, ain't it? With the drums, ain't it? I mean, that's it, really. Ain't it? With the, the drums, it's the quads, the cymbals. I always like the movement of the cymbals. How like they be really slinging them? Yeah, how they, re- yeah, just how they slinging them bitches. Yeah. I always thought that was cool. That's actually like the starting position in most and percussion sections. Before you can earn some sticks, you got to kind of do that shit. Okay, so look. Okay, so. Down here in Atlanta, cousin took you around. Yeah, got high. You learned land. Yeah, south. Yeah, south the cap. And what year was this? <coughs> this is ninety five, ninety six. This is when I'm, I moved here in 90, uh, November ninety five. All right. So listen, 
this is that Tyler Cat was the hottest one. I think it was the hottest <laughs> shit around that motherfucker around that around, around that time for real. It was a very interesting place to go yeah. to school. Yeah, hell yeah. You <laughs> down, yeah, you yeah, you came right down here when the Miami boys came. Freak Neat had his biggest year. I got Olympics my, came. I got my first car the Thursday of Freak Nick ninety six. Not even twelve months removed from living in New York. Not too many people driving because you know they're driving is slightly a hassle. Mm-hmm. Parking and everything. My mother wasn't driving. My pops did, but I went from moving here in November to having a car. What's that? April. My first real driving experience by myself was me and my homeboys in Freaknik traffic. <laughs> okay, so you go buy a guy, you go buy a car, and your ass really can't drive like that. <coughs> oh, you ain't never drive. I had my license. Uh-huh. Grandma, ain't, I'm, I'm living with my grandma at the time. She ain't doing nothing out like illegal so I had my driver's license but I had been living here eight months what kind of driving experience had I made at eight months like I barely knew where the fuck I was going yeah like really my homeboys was like yo we got turn here turn here turn here matter of fact just let me drive okay they from here too ain't it yeah that's Atlanta shit that's Atlanta <laughs> shit All right, hold on God, I just drive bro yeah, please he talking about please just turn don't you. crash my shit I just got it yesterday Damn, that's all right. Motherfucker, Bella, you go. Now you got there learning how to drive. You're all the way around the motherfucker. <coughs> what, was the, what was the point that you started DJing? I started DJing late. Like, I didn't start DJing until I was 30. Mm-hmm. I had worked a job, quit a job, started doing promotions for Cloud9 and AG, started a graphics company, started working for mansion well dreams at the time then started dj i had a whole list of shit i did before dj all right let's run them down let go after college i had a job what do you want what do you want to write to huh but i know I mean, after college but excuse me after high school i, I got a job you worked the job boom where you worked at what your first job was at school? um out of high school i worked for hands on atlanta <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hands on, I worked for hands on when it first yeah. started. <laughs> yeah, they the moment though. Remember hands on the ladder, bro. I worked for hands on the land. I was a teacher's assistant at Ralph McGill Elementary School, mm-hmm. and I worked at North DeKalb AMC. North fucking DeKalb AM fucking C. And part of the reason why I, wow. I, I never had to hustle is I had the movies on lock. Wow. You and your wife pull up. You know, was, this is when big movies and long lines. Uh-huh. Back then, movies was cheap. Give me $10 for both of y'all. Oh, you win. You, you, you hit you about 100 a night. Give me $200 for both of y'all. Then we, me and Chick in the ticket, uh, in the ticket booth, <laughs> we used to keep the uh, other side, the wrong side of the, the tickets. When we tear them, we're supposed to give, it the, give them the blue side. We used to keep the blue side and every showing of something, take back 10 or 20 tickets, refund. Split that down the middle, me, her, and whoever refunded it for us. So working at the movies, I was making like, shit, I might go to work and make three, $400 on a Saturday. I'm just going to say that. Shit. And I worked at, even better, I used to go to work with no money. By lunch, I was buying some clothes. <laughs> I, I know you been from the Bronx, you was always into the fashion one, right? Yeah or no. I never cared as much as like I never I'm never the biggest designer person, but I I think you gotta look good, especially you just it, the New York in me gonna always make me look good. 
Okay, boom. Next job after that. You quit, you got fired. Um, Hands on Atlanta was over because mm-hmm. it was a year program. And I was tired of the I was. Just, I felt like that was a high school job. I outgrown that. And I got a job at Sears Collection doing doing collections. Oh, that's, that's yeah. Okay, making, so making listen. Pretty so, fucking decent money living at home. So, okay, so boom. So you want a motherfucker keep calling nigga every day, asking nigga he gonna pay oh, your bill. Oh, you gonna pay your Sears account? <laughs> give me a give me a story, cause I know you don't heard some wild ass, crazy ass stories. Motherfucker don't say some crazy ass, cause I I know I don't say some crazy ass shit. I don't. I, I mean, people talk to you crazy. I can't remember nothing that. You ever get mad? At, you ever get somebody ever make you mad? I, I snapped a couple times because people talk to you crazy. <laughs> um, nothing really just stands out. Yeah. But yeah, but that actually fucked up my credit. Knowing that these people can't do nothing to you but call your house will bite me in the ass later. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I realized at that point, that's all they're gonna do is call your house and fuck up your credit. I didn't realize credit was a thing, so later, just when shit got bad, I just, fuck it, I ain't got that. Like, everybody used to tell me when I called. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you talking about shit, I ain't got it, God damn it. And I know if, I, if you tell me you ain't got it, if I if you're a bill collector and you call me and I tell you I ain't got it, you can't call me for seven days. I'll let you, my nigga. So I happily picked up the phone and said, I ain't got it. Yeah. Shit, nah, you know that, hey, that free game. You better listen, huh? All right, so boom, how did you end up with Cloud9? Because cause Cloud9 was real big back then. My man, Flavor. Um, I met Flavor right out of high school. He was down at Morehouse. So I used to go down there and check him. And he started working for Cloud9. So I used to just go hang out with them in the clubs. Like, that's what turned me on to the city. Because mind you, I'm living on Covenant Highway in 285 <clears throat> at my mama's house. So that's he actually kind of what turned me on to being downtown and you know, going to the club and popping bottles, and I went to the club one night and I kind of never left. The downtown sound different. Mm-hmm. That, that downtown, especially back then. That, that downtown was different back then. What year was this? This is two thousand two, two thousand three. Oh no, that shit popping. When they shit, when, when they when they fucked up bucket, two thousand three. A little bit later, but I was working. It was probably about 2005. 2005. So you, so that was that. Oh, so you caught the motherfucker at the end at four o'clock in the morning type shit. I, I caught the leaving one twelve at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. On the, on the Sunday morning. Yeah. I left it. Facts. I, I, I caught yeah. all that time. Yeah. You caught the script when the script with the script while the uh, world bar. Yeah. Right there on Peachtree too before they put all them big chili pepper. Yeah. Oh, that the real city. Not saying that the night, not to say okay, not saying that the pre nineties wasn't the real city, but this time right there, bro, the early early two thousands, two hundred one Cortland, which is now Harlem Night. Oh, facts. When it was just two, it was it, it boggled my mind to know that was the real address. Yep. Cause I thought two hundred one Cortland was such a sexy name, but at that time I was nineteen, twenty years old. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, two hundred one Cortland is the first place I have Voss water. Okay. And in, in, in the metal bottle, uh-huh. I mean, in the glass bottle, I was like, whoa. Fuck is this? Wow, ten dollar water. I couldn't wait to go back next week and have another ten dollar water. So you get that same thing. What are you talking about? So boom. So you hook up with them. And then you chilling. You say you were chilling with them. <coughs> um, from doing street team and starting at the bottom, I realized they didn't have an in house graphics person. They were outsourcing graphics. That was a problem. They would need, sometimes you need a flyer right now. You don't want to send it to you and you take your time because you don't work for me. 
started teaching myself how to do flyers. This is this is a job for me right here. Like, okay, I do the street team, this entry level, because right about this time I'm 25, 26. So, okay, I did the street team. I, I've seen a niche for myself. I'm starting doing flyers. Started doing flyers. Boom. So now you're doing the flyers. You're doing all their flyers. Then you start doing promotion for AG. I did. I just did flyers. I, I, I was their flyer person. Between having AG, Cloud9 for clients and being able to put my name on it, I'm a full-service graphics company. I'm doing shit like this for you. I'm doing flyers for niche. I'm like, whatever you need, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing. That's that's. I'm Cloud9 graphics team. That's my, that's hey, my first come, business. You want to come sit in on this one shit? Come on in. Huh? You want to come sit in? Come on, run your ass on in here, man. Get that right here, the big motherfucker right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we like walk a big niche to the show. Yeah, I'm a full service flyer guy now at this point. Cloud Nine graphics team. All right, so all right, so now you're doing all that. So at what point did from doing that? You're in the clubs. You're, you're sitting in the streets. You're communicating with people. You're connecting with people. You know, the low people to the high people to they big homie to the nigga who really get the money to the working nigga to the nigga who do the scamming. You're learning. You're seeing all these niggas. You're going to these different clubs. You're doing flies for people. You're building your roller decks. You're getting connected. You're doing super networking. How did you transition that into DJing? So, Cloud Nine kind of dispersed, um, and I got a job opportunity over at. Uh, it was dreams at the time. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to my man Ed. He introduces me to Felix. So I come over with Flavor. He's promotions manager. I take care of the flyers. I manage the website. So, um, I'm there every day. Like we really was there four days, five days a week, and it was some equipment there. Mm-hmm. I researched how to hook up Serato because I felt like. I needed to learn how to play with it first without asking somebody. So I YouTube University, how to hook up Serato. YouTube University. <laughs> YouTube University. I'll I took tell my, you. I took my PC that I did flyers on. I had some music on there. This is right before everything went digital. So this is when buying some music, downloading it to your computer was the shit. Yeah. So I had a nice little library because I was like I used to upgrade, you know, do people's iPads, iPod. This is iPods with. The iPods. Yeah, before it got digital. So I had a nice music selection, and I hooked the shit up one day, and that was kind of it. No, I, I take that back. So I'm I'm going to work, doing my job. As soon as I'm finished, I'm fucking with the equipment. And, like, I already know all the DJs, Canon, Drama, and Canon had seen me one day fucking around. He was like, yo. And I was like, yeah. He was like, for real? I was like, yo. He was like, yo, you got my number. And this is right when the affiliates kind of broke up. So he was here and between here and California, he was like, yo, tap in. I was like, I am a tap in. He seen me again. He was like, tap in. One day I hit him and he was just like, yo, what you need? <clears throat> so from there, I'm really thinking I'm, I'm, this is what I really want to do. So I'm still maintaining my job. Even better. I'm working the door Saturday night, but I also did the flyers and maintained the website and kept up the email. So you were working. I was working. I was working. So one day, my man Felix Murray seen me like one day just going at it. He was like, "Yo, like you gonna waste my electricity or you gonna be serious?" 
And I felt like that was an opportunity I'd never miss, I'd never fuck up. And from there it was on, DJ Teflon. Who made you name yourself DJ Teflon? Can't name me that. I didn't have a, <laughs> I didn't have a DJ name for the longest time. Okay, how it come up? How 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 it come up? My real name is Teron. Mm-hmm. I forgot how we were saying something. We was talking about something. He was like Teflon, Teron, Teron, DJ Teflon. It didn't sound cool the first time he said it, but yeah, that was that's how it ended. And then my graphic artist told me to spell it differently. He told me to spell it P H L O N. So I can own it. How did the other guys spell? Oh. Oh. Hey. I got somebody out here. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. She's going to ask some different shit. Hell, yeah. All right. Am I good? All right. This is really what happens in the apartments. Okay. You had to make a play. I'm filling in. What's poppin'? The other guys. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm doing Beehive Radio. It's an online thing. I'm mad Mike stopped the big shout out to Mike Johnson. He's the um the voice of most of the commercials you hear on the radio. Yeah. He started Beehive FM and this is he's streaming a radio show before all this shit get cool. Like this is two thousand fifteen. Like, this is before the, even the technology w- was making this. Pop- you know how technology made it easier, so he's uh, way ahead of the curve. He had the dope-ass website. And this uh, chick named Honeybee who was on there, big shout-out to Honeybee, she was like, yo, my homeboy from Jersey, you, y'all two should meet. Y'all definitely should meet. You and my homeboy from Jersey should meet. And I was like, man, you know, when niggas is grown, you don't want to meet no new niggas. And one night we happened to be out there. Always happens. Right <laughs> that always happens right around there. Real oh. reefer chiefer. Damn. It happened. And he took us. She she took me out one night. Well, we went out one night to hang out, and I bumped into him. And she introduced us, and he was a cool nigga. And mm. we were. He had just moved to town. He was trying to find his way. Like he had been DJing for some years, and like, Cannon was like, "Yo, a good way to get your name popping is do a whole bunch of mixtapes." So I was on the mixtapes hard. And me and Bistro had did a mixtape, and we called it The Usual Suspects. And I asked Bistro, because the other guys was a top uh, a name, I was like, yo, do you want to do the other guys? Because I just liked it. It was two people. And he was like, nah, they're going to feel like you're trying to separate yourself from other people. So we did the movie title, The Usual Suspects, and we did two mixtapes mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. So me and Ace meet. We kicked it a couple times. I was like, yo, let's do a mixtape. He was like, yeah. I was like, what do you think about the other guys? He was like, I like it. The other fucking guys. I was like, yo, you don't think people are going to think we're trying to make ourselves different? He was like, we are. Yeah. The other guys like the movie. Because this was back when mixtapes <coughs> was popping. So, <coughs> pardon me. <coughs> control that weed. Don't let that weed control you. This is back. This is back before again. Everything went digital. So a popping mixtape with ten songs you like already, another four that's about to be popping, right? And then another six that may or may not be popping. Who actually paid for the mixtape? Those were real valuable. A good mixtape sat in your car for a while, and it flowed and bring backs and drops and all that. Like so, we we just did mixtapes. We was banging out mixtapes, getting niggas to host it, and. One night we went out just hanging out, and they was like, the other guys, the other guys. Now, mind you, 
we had mixtapes. We like he would give him out that compound. I'm giving him out that mansion, dreams, whatever that is. Everywhere else, we giving him out. We doing beach balls because we doing the day party. And one day, niggas was like, "Yo, the other guys," and we was like, "Fucking other guys." Like, yeah, it's a real brand. The fucking other guys. So, can I ask another yeah, question? Yeah, okay. Ahead, so, all right. So, look. So, as a DJ. Do you feel like it's a disconnect between artists and DJs now because of social media and it's so easy to just put your music out there? Absolutely. Why do you think so, though? It's a humongous disconnect. Because let's start from the top. Because it's on Apple Music don't mean I can download it. Right. If you're not... With a label who's putting you on reputable sites where DJs go to get music, mm-hmm. how do I get your music? Telling me it's on Apple Music, telling me on you, like, we'll start with just being service the record. Like, I get asked so many times for songs, and it's like, man, well, how do you, where did I get this from? Who serviced me? With Like, how? Where did I get this from? So I, it, it's just a complete disconnect. Like, the internet made it where you didn't have to like even better the mixtape the tape game died until drama and um <clears throat> what's my man name felicia the goat uh tyler the creator tyler, tyler, tyler the creator, creator. mixtapes had kind of died for a second because mixtapes was damn near free eps it was no more dj talking drops like but let me ask you this what part do you think the artists play in that role of the disconnect and what part do you think the DJs play in that disconnect because because sometimes DJs could come across as you, 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 we you the want, end all be all you want to know the truth yeah. both parties got in their feelings okay and it's like and you kick back and we don't fuck with each other like everybody got in their feelings like we didn't need each other and yeah it got kind of bad So listen, what do you think can be done to bridge that gap, the bridge that gap, or the closing it? Um, I don't know, cause the way to do business has changed so much. Like, I cannot service DJs and have a song, and niggas have to find it. Um, I don't like all bullshit aside. I really don't know how do you bridge that gap. I, um, just people, I guess, need to network with each other more. Artists and DJs. Like I always tell artists and DJs, there's a million niggas with DJ before they name it as a whole. It's a million DJ. I mean, artists. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a lot going on. So a lot of times you miss each other, but tap in when you can. I think that's the most important part. Is building relationships. I think that everything is not for you. Every DJ is not for you. Every market is not for you. You have to find out what you do, your market, and the DJs who specialize in that, you have to tap in with them. Just because this artist got, just because this day, DJ, DJ got this artist popping, and you see that, and he from your hometown, from your hood, you think you're supposed to go to him and he do the same thing. That's why a lot of artists sign with a lot of labels who have successful artists, and then you sign to the label and they can't make you successful, and you blame the label. No, you got to understand, they don't do that. You see what I'm saying? 
That's why I tip. That's why I tip my hat to JD all the time with us. You see what I'm saying? Because niggas don't do that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's. I think. I think that's. I think that's a great point. Just find out your network. Even better question for you, since you like to add time and place. I often hear you say you you fell in the rap. That wasn't your thing. Like you like you take rap out of it. At that point, like let's say oh oh I think they like me right before it blew up and you know kind of solidified that song. Where were you in life? Um, shit, I had just I had just got out of college. Okay, well, I had just got expelled from college. It was my Beginning of two thousand three, that was it was the end of two thousand three. First semester of my sophomore year, I got suspended. The end of my second semester of my freshman year for fighting. Sounds and about right. So then I come back. So I come back. First semester of my sophomore year, and I get in another fight. So they expelled me. At this time, when I first got to college in the end of two thousand two, I made this song. And I brought it home, and it came. We got came real, real big, and people didn't even know it was me. So, between 2002 and that that next summertime, I started performing the song, and they found out it was me. Then we recorded White T during this same summertime span. So when I went back to school, Pimp didn't go back to school. Just me and Buddy went back to school because me and Buddy was roommates. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Buddy made me. Buddy kind of, kind Buddy kind of made me come to college. You know what I'm saying? Not made me, but if he wouldn't have been like, you ain't doing shit else, just ride with us, I would have never went to college. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, cause I, I went to funny story, cause we on the cannabis, all right. Buddy and two of my homeboys from our project, they graduated a year before me. And we just played basketball together all the time. So I've been smoking weed since I was 12. So like all my middle school years, my high school years, like I smoke weed. But I still played sports, and I was still great at sports. So when I graduated, they was like, what you finna do? I was like, shit, like, fuck me. what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, you know what it is, finna go back to the hood, I'm finna give me a bag. I'm finna try to, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? They like, man, you might well come to college. You ain't doing nothing anyway. Because my whole 12th grade year, I had to go to day school and night school. So I went to school from 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night, because I wanted to graduate. I ain't want to be one of them niggas like, bro, shit, I made it all the way to a grade and then didn't graduate. Right. You see what I'm saying? So it boosts my grade point average up as a senior. So I applied for a whole bunch of scholarships. So they said, it's beginning of summertime. Ride up here with us. We finna enroll. All right? I say, I ride with y'all if y'all smoke the weed with me. Because none of them smoke weed. And I used to always try to get my friend to smoke weed because I was the only one who smoked weed. Because I used to, even though I used to be in the hood, I used to hang with a lot of school kids. Like, I'm intrigued by learning stuff and getting introduced and turned on and stuff. Once I see you learning this, you you live in the suburbs, I want to see how you living. I want to see how your mama got this. I'm just intrigued by that shit. So I try to get them to smoke. So they said, cool. So we smoke going up there. At the time, I used to sell um, Nick's Reggie. So, I, I, of course, I took my weed with me. So every HBCU is right by projects. These Absolutely. are facts. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And I went to Barbara Scotia, North Carolina. Uh, it's, it's in Concord. right? Out, it's like 10 minutes outside Charlotte. Right by John C. Smith. So I'm on the campus. They're going to do their school thing. You know what I'm saying? And I'm walking around the campus. So a guy walks up to me and say, you got some weed? So I'm like, yeah. Shit. You know what I'm saying? So I whip the weed out, and I, I show him my, my nicks. 
and I give him my nicks. He give me a ten dollar bill. Okay, yes. I get the ten dollar bill. I wrap my bum up, stick it in my pocket. I'm going to my pocket to give him a change, but he walks off. So I'm not finna say he <laughs> change. I'm like, cool. So immediately I'm like, ooh. That set the tone for what it costs for the jump right there. Perfect. So I asked my homie, what is these? They say, these dimes up here. On my life, I walked to the front, filled out all them scholarships that I had, and I said, that's how I ended up getting enrolled in college. The trap was I open. sell weed. And I sold weed my whole college. Ever since our first day of college, I sold weed. Okay, so boom. So now, back to your question. So now we're back at home. That song is already moving. White T is starting to pick up. And this is at a time nobody did music. All right? I remember White T picking up. I'm working, doing promotions in the club, and mm-hmm. I hear White T. Like, I'm not even DJing. I, I was like, whoa, okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? And it was something different at the time. And then so when that happened, when people and we, when they started playing, so now I'm at home. So first thing in my mind I'm thinking is, back to what I said before I went to school. I'm finna try to get me a bag. You see what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm in the hood trying to figure out, you know, he trapped right here, he trapped right here. Damn, I don't really want to hang around them niggas. I don't, I don't really want to, well, I'm cool with them, but I, I'm i my own person. I want to, you know what I'm saying? So I'm still I'm still doing that. So I'm hooping still for money. Me, um, niggas in zone three. I'm going to Locked On You, hooping on Bruce Street. Like, I'm, I'm going everywhere. I'm hooping. Run and shoot. I'm, I'm at run and shoot all the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing it. I'm, I'm hustling a little bit, but I'm still in between that kid and that that grown that grown man that grown like nigga you you done you at home or you you got your own I'm at home no I'm at I'm in I'm in born home mom mom Duke okay you know what I'm saying mom Duke is me I think at the time my mama had five kids wow she had five kids at the time and I'm the oldest you know what I'm saying so so um that's happening boom so I'm going we going to the club every day all right but now I'm hanging with my homie from high school and he's a gangster. You know what I'm saying? So now we do gangster shit. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's just that's how it just happened. You see what I'm saying? You are you're gonna be who you hang with growing up. That's just what it is. You see what I'm saying? Unless you just say, I ain't really with that. So I'm not like you said, you know what? They can lead to jail. No, I'm not fucking with it. So I'm not gonna hang with you. It was that easy for you. You see what I'm saying? Well, for me, it was not just I ended up thugging. You see what I'm saying? So, doing this whole time thugging, meet my big homie, Swall. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Swall. Rest easy, Swall. Milo. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he want ring Milo? Yeah. Yes. I used to go skating. Yes. I know skating ring Milo. Hell yeah. My dog, Swall, dog. I call him Swall. I, I, we, I, we named him Swall. You know what I'm saying? I would say, bro, you too, you, you too black to be pretty, nigga. You know what I'm saying? But he, he don't give a fuck either. You know what I'm saying? I used to skate in New York, so came in down here skating. I I got skates in the trunk right now. Wow. Yep. And my dog used to go skating. So, for real, it's cool. Skating all right. That's how they used to be doing. So, I get with him. He's just getting out of the situation with a nigga that he rode with. You know what I'm saying? So we get with him, and boom, we just connect, and shit just start happening from there. So like my homie Suave. He run a bag up, boom. I, like, I, I see it in front of my face. Like, when niggas say a bag, I seen the bag get ran up in my face. I done sat down and counted a million dollars before I had a million dollars. Like, I, I, I experienced this shit before I really even got popping with rapping. So that's why when I came in rapping, my perspective was, it was different. You know, because I'm around it. But at the same time, music is, my music's getting hot. So now what happened is, Coco Brother is at 
West Fulton. At the time, he was God, the only person who did the um. Yes, he the only person who did schools then. Remember, nobody else did school but Coco. This whole time I'm in high school, I used to wear throwbacks. Remember throwbacks? I was trapping. I'm I'm getting a, I'm buying a pound of weed for five hundred dollars, Reggie. I'm second on two for fives. I'm gonna make sixteen hundred dollars <laughs> off two for fives. So I'm gonna make me nine hundred dollars profit. But I'm gonna do this. No, I'm gonna do this in two, three days. Easy. Facts in school. Everybody Boom. I'm, I'm two, three days. And who didn't have ten dollars back then? Everybody had. But I'm doing two for fives. I, but like I said, who didn't have ten dollars? And niggas, especially then. So I'm, I'm going crazy. So I'm buying throwbacks, joints, all kind of shit. So that's what made me say, "Fuck a throwback," because I'm cleaning my white teeth. So. Fast forward, Coco Brothers at West Fulton. Quick question. Huh? Total Sports Greenbrier? That's where you're getting your jerseys from? I went to Total Sports at Greenbrier. I went to Total Sports at Greenbrier. I went downtown. I went downtown. I either went to, if what's happening, if, if Walters didn't have them, I went to what's happening. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Shout out to Roger Neal. Okay. Got to give a shout out to Roger Neal. Okay. Got to give a shot to nah, Roger Neal. Like during that time, where you got your jersey? Yeah, no, like, yeah, like no. Real, but listen, that's real a, listen, that's a that's a great Texas Atlanta question. There was a great that like not saying it was intended for that, but that was a great question. You see what I'm saying? Because niggas don't know. Total Sports Green Bright Distant Replay Buckhead. Facts, but I didn't go to Buckhead then. Downtown. I, I, at this time, I'm working in Buckhead. Big shout out to Biddy. He had to deal with Distant Replay, where they they gave jerseys and promotions. So. We got a discount over there, so I was able to cheat and be over there. And then when Total Sports was popping, Flav had him a little deal over there, and yeah. But see, and then but too, then I'm, I'm gonna tell you that I'm gonna break it down for everybody who watched it too. The times you talking about wasn't even fake jerseys yet, though. No, it wasn't even fake no. jersey yet. No. These are facts. No, the cheapest jersey might be three fifty, three seventy five. They had the swingmans. They, we talking throwbacks. That it was nothing. Cheaper, yeah, was, yeah. cheaper than two fifty. Not nah, facts. But then they, they had swingmans and regular jerseys. Yeah. So you yeah. know that 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 allowed you to have a hundred dollar jersey. Yeah. No, I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about the real deal. Yeah. yeah. This is when they had the warm up yeah. to total sports. Facts. So niggas was going to buy the whole warm. Yup. Oh, facts. Dude. Facts. And this is when they were wearing headbands. Yes. All of that. <laughs> I mean, all of, listen. Yeah. I, I used to wear sixty. Yeah. I used to wear, matter of fact, it's hilarious because as the size went up, they cost more. So it was kind of a get money thing to have a sixty. Yeah, like a fi what, 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 a fifty? No, not fifty. A forty-eight's probably your size. Mm-hmm. They got on the sixty because it cost a couple dollars more. Facts. It's just that's what it's gonna be. And, and it's gonna down be, to they're your gonna be knees. down to your knee. Capri pants, capri shorts. Those are gonna be. Remember when they start coming out with the capri shorts? When I get home, I'm gonna tag you. I got a couple left in the closet. The capri shorts. I'm talking about the fucking throwbacks. Oh, the 60. The 60. Oh, yeah, the 60. I got a, I got a Paul Pierce 60 and a something else 60. I just the never. Boston? Yes. The super big motherfucker. Super, Nike motherfucker. White. White, okay. Yeah. Super big motherfucker. For no fucking reason. For no reason, man. So, Coco Brothers at West Fulton, middle, uh, middle school. That's on Bankhead. And he's doing middle school. So, he comes out, his, he throw back, and he's wearing white tee on. So, when he does that, all the kids in the in the in the in the gym start running around screaming, yo, am I white T? Yo, am I white T? And Coco is looking at this shit like, what the fuck? So he called Moot B. And like Moot B is like the best of a bankhead. Like anything on bankhead, you, you wanna find out music, B. hit Moot B. You know what I'm saying? Moot B like I, I like I know them. You know what I'm saying? So we went Moot B and they told us what the steps we needed to do. I you love, know what I'm saying? To get this shit together. I love good Atlanta story. Like I love good hood stories. Like yeah. the, the, 
truth to it. So big shout out to Mook. Yeah, 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 hell yeah, shout out to Mook. You know what I'm saying? And and then so then, this is in the 2000. And, this is the beginning of 2003. Now, I mean beginning of 2004, and now we're on the radio. Okay. So all this happened. So when you asked me that question, I explained all that to say all this shit happened in one year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we dropped the album, what, September, I think it was September the 19th, 2004, our first uh, album with Universal. I think we was the first group to ever get our whole budget. Wow. You know, back then, you know, the label, oh, how much that cost? Okay, write it, write it. No, we got the whole budget. Like, we want all the money, and they gave it to us. First fucked up purchase when you got the budget. Huh? First fucked up purchase that you that you, you had to have that you, you shouldn't did. I can't say it was a fucked up purchase because it wasn't, but... Bro, the first thing, real shit, this is crazy, crazy question you asked me this. The first fucking thing that I bought was drugs. Literally, bro. I mean, that, I swear to God, first thing I bought, first thing I bought, drugs. <laughs> I know what to make money off of, drugs. I'm, you know what I'm saying? That's why I didn't have a bank account for a long time. Cause the I'm first, cause when we got the money, it was it was a it was like a record. Like we signed out, we signed we franchise boys. We were signed to franchise records. Okay. And we were signed to Universal like that. So our bank account was franchise records. So all the money was in there. So I never had a bank account. I used to just keep all my money. I just, just bought drugs. Like fun ass story. I, I moved to Buckhead. Everybody say you get some money, you move to Buckhead. All right. So boom, I moved to Buckhead. I raw real. I got one of them condos, two-story condo motherfucker. Okay. All right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because that's my neighborhood. Where at on Rise? What are we talking? Right there. Um, you know how you go down Rodwell with the P Street tank, but Chaplin, what's the name of the apartment right there? Chaplin to the left. Mm -hmm. Right there. Okay. I used, to stay, the, I used to stay in this building, and then, you know, like the parking deck used to go up on the thing, and the building across from me, Brett stayed over there. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so... I moved to Buckhead, and I used to ride around every day with fifty to $100,000. You know what kind of car I had? A 1991 Green Guild LeSable. Wow. With the, with the peanut butter insides. I didn't, I didn't told you I never cared about material shit. Like, for real. But I'm going to tell you what I did in the house, though. About, about a... A mink about this big, twenty five hundred. One even, one even big enough to even to do nothing with for it. You ain't big enough to put around you. Okay, you can call that a stupid purchase. You know what I'm saying? It's like a towel size. Yeah, yeah, towel size. Like facts, facts. I went, I, I bought it in fucking um. You remember uh, remember Lennox back then? So when you when you walked in the uh, when you walked in the um, at the valet. So when you walked in the valet, the first door to a, to the right used to be a first door. Just have all the fucking furs in it, all the expensive furs. I bought that. I bought an alpaca um, mat to go up under my dining room table. I bought an alpaca bed spread in the pillows, and it was shaped like a fucking penguin. You know what I'm saying? This before I knew alpaca was. And I didn't actually know what it was because the tag said, I thought it was a llama. That's how I remember it because I'm like, nigga, it's a fucking llama. What is an alpaca? And I found out when the Frank Lucas shot the movie, like, you blocked that shit. I was like, oh, nigga, that's the <laughs> shit I had. That's how I run this shit is. You know what I'm saying? You can call them stupid purchases. I was just fucking buying shit then. But drugs, that's the first, that's the first thing. 
know what I'm saying? That was a good investment, probably. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, of course, it was a great investment. But then again, to answer your question, then it was a bad investment. You know what I'm saying? Because there was so much shit happening. A studio got busted. You know what I'm saying? I got caught up in the studio. You know what I'm saying? I fought some drugs and earned some money. You know what I'm saying? Had to go do a little time about that. You know what I'm saying? Some weeks and shit. Gladly, I didn't get sent down the road, but me be going through all them situations is why I think I'm here to be able to talk about these situations to show people that don't do this shit because you might not be as lucky as I was. And I think I'm as lucky as I was because they know that I'm going to be responsible to be able to put these stories out here and be a vessel that people can look up to and be like, you know what? I see he doing where he came from. He never jeopardized the person he was and the, and the way that he feel, like what he do. So you know what? I'm going to listen to him. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I think I overcame everything I overcame. But no, nah, so that was, I can say it wasn't a bad investment, a good investment, but it was a bad one too. Okay. Yeah, because it's, and I always tell people like, I always get street homeboys who like, yo, I want you to push this and it's like, fam, I'm going to be honest, this never works for y'all. Like, this rarely works. Like, you're not going to be able to separate one from the other at a certain point and it never, like, I'm going to explain it to you what you're saying. I got on dancing. I'm 100% gangster. Every nigga, any nigga you know from Atlanta, every nigga you know from my hood, if you call me, they're going to tell you, yeah, Charlie, don't like that. Here's the thing. I lived here during dancing days. So mm-hmm. a couple of my partners, real deal side niggas, used to dance. And, like, it was the video flirting around the camera on Double Dutch, and then people were like, wow, like, hood niggas know a couple, like, how, how do you gangsters boogie? How, like gangsters boogie. I know plenty of gangsters that like Cameron included. That know yeah. you, you learn from fucking with them. You fuck. You yeah. learn from like trying. Like it's a whole bunch of ways yeah. you learn. But, and, but we come. Listen, if you if you around our age, bro, you come up. Everybody dance. The niggas who dance shoot the whole party up. Them be the first motherfucker. Soon the song come on. That's what we know. So I don't. I don't know. If I'm dancing, I'm lame because I don't see niggas dance or slap the fuck out you with this pimple right now. <laughs> I seen that. You see what I'm saying? I seen that shit. I know niggas like this. You see what I'm saying? So it wasn't no, I didn't, never felt like me dancing. It was like, look at him, he danced. I, I actually really honestly think that I made it cool to dance. Because you think about this, the other niggas in my group don't dance. I dance. You see what I'm saying? I started to lean with it, rock with it. You see what I'm saying? Like, I lived here in the age of strikers. You remember the dance group, yeah. strikers? Yeah, yeah, I remember strikers. So, like, dancing is dancing. Dancing is fucking dancing, dog. You know what I'm saying? Again, so, when you're of a certain age. Yeah, but, so, go back to your point. I didn't get on being gangster, though. Revert, I roll off, I roll off that again. Shot it low. And D4L. Okay. They got on. Not talking about no gangster shit, but them niggas is gangsters. And real dope boys and shit. Really, you see what I'm saying? It's funny because, and I'm living here, I feel like they kind of got on on the, the strength of popping in Fabo. Because if you listen to their project, mm-hmm. it go from that to pretty much I'm the man. Yep. Got no Rest white easy low, to, man. The, 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 Damn, got, got no fucking whole yep. person, but you, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, like... <laughs> It's it's Fabo's projects and maybe one or two they fed the label just so you can don't feel like we got over on you. 
But my nigga, this is what we on right here. Gangster shit. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's but that's what we got in the door. But that go back to your point and say, street niggas are always trying to come to you saying, I'm going to do this. Because niggas are not comfortable enough going outside their comfort zone. Like, let's find you an artist. But, like, how do I tell you not to meet your man from Cincinnati and make this $40,000 when you can come pay an open at this shit and there's 50,000 people you kind of need to pay the 1500 open. And you got to be here to meet your man from Cincinnati. Nobody else can do this. And this 40 is what makes everything else happen. Like, how do I tell you not to do that and do this? Yeah, facts. And that's the and that's the and that's the one of the toughest part of being a street nigga and being an artist. And I think I got a chance to skip that shit because I had success instantly. You see what I'm saying? So you gotta think in two thousand five you got the number one record. Right. Or I think they like me. Right. I caught a murder charge. Two thousand six, back to back number one records with laying with a rock with. I caught a trafficking charge. So the two biggest times in my career, wow. I catch the two worst charges that you could catch being a street nigga. Wow. Back to back years, at the height, at the heightest of my fucking career, I got millions. I'm looking at them. I fucking touch these shits, do what I want to with these shits. But I'm real life thugging every day, like on some real life shit. You know what I'm saying? That's why I understand when niggas be saying, "Why this nigga? He got? Why this rapper nigga got this money and he's still doing that shit right there?" Because this. That's the type of lifestyle he live for real. So if you can't go get him an alternative or show him a different alternative, you the wrong type of person to be talking to him. So don't now say that the young nigga don't listen. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Nah, because what you gonna tell this nigga? You ain't no slider. Even better, during college football season when they like when we was in the house, and I know football is a business, but that was a lot of coaches appeal to people like these kids don't need to go back to their neighborhood right now. Like, no, they don't. They need the, the best place for them to be. This is how you slide into some other shit you don't got nothing to do. Man, fuck that school, bro. Right. Anything. No, definitely. And it's so crazy as you say that. Example being just showing you how much we be living in the light and the energy. It's a, it's a young guy who had hit me. I'm going to have him in the apartments too. And he said he was into the draft and expected to go first round car murder charge. You see what I'm saying? That goes right along with what you're saying. Like this is the, this is the real life shit, and I think that a lot of people don't understand because they're not having dialogue with the right people. Everybody's perspective is different, but until you touch all sides and learn and experience all sides, you can't have a perspective on all that shit. That's like I'm, it's, this is the difference between I'm gonna listen to Shannon Sharp talk about football before I listen to Skip. You know why? Because Shannon played that shit. Oh, yo, fuck, how much Skip know that shit? He could know all that shit. You can't tell me more than Shannon, because Shannon done done that shit. So and I'm going to listen to Shannon. You, until you done bang heads with, with another grown-ass man running 7 to 10 miles per hour, slam. No, you can't tell me. But see, a lot of people in life, when it comes to life shit, they listen to the Skips instead of the Shannons. Mmm. Wow. See what I mean? Whoa. They, they do. So that's why a lot of these motherfuckers, a lot of these young niggas, a lot of people in society really lost. That's why you got niggas on the internet who talk this real shit all the time. You don't hear, man, let me tell you something, man. These goddamn niggas, man, you be listening to this shit. And the shit they be saying be so fucking real. You be like, well, this nigga so on point. Then you start feeling like he a real nigga. But them niggas be the softest niggas in the world. They just know how to talk it. 
But it's niggas like that who's moving and motivating niggas. So whatever they say, they have the power to say. So if they say, get on some whole nigga shit with the person they really are in their real state and get emotional and say some emotional shit, now they make, make other niggas think that the shit he did is fucking cool. Like, this is what's going on. You see what I'm saying? Like, like I say, niggas is listening to the skips and not shamans. That's why, that's why I think, that's why another reason I think I, I did, they gave me a platform for me to serve as a shaman for this shit because I'm going to talk about this shit from a street aspect. White aspect, but I don't live in the suburbs. I don't went to school with white people. I understand both. I don't have millions. I don't stayed in the projects. I, I I coach football. Like I don't experience all different forms of life for me to be able to be able to talk about this shit. You see what I'm saying? You still coaching? Yeah, yeah. We coaching right now. We got an on game this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Twelve you. Now, but see, I used to coach like the highly elite kids in the state. Now I went back to like like the red kids, like the kids in the project, like the city kids. And I'm pretty sure football is big everywhere, but this this Atlanta football shit different is and I, and again this is no disrespect to Texas and Oklahoma and any or other Cali that, or Florida that every like you know underage football is but it's ridiculous. It's definitely ridiculous, yeah, man. That's just like damn near. If the parents could have them a stadium. They would have a stadium somewhere and have a have them some Super Bowl. I, I'm, yeah, pretty yeah. Sure, I'm pretty sure they probably looked into it, getting a yeah. stadium somewhere. Like, yeah, so if you're if watching this means, and you want to invest in something and you want to be a secret investor or something, hey, man, tap in. We can make that shit happen, man. So let's know what we're going to do right now. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Let's have us an intermission. Let's definitely have us an intermission, man. My aim, my man, shit. Hey, boy, you here at the right time. We should have, to have us a smoke intermission, too. I see y'all. I'm going to come get you. So listen, what we doing right now? You can either raise these cameras and show us. We're probably gonna stay right here. They're probably gonna be the height we're gonna be at. Alright, folks, don't miss. Alright, put that before we go next time. Do it now right here. Oh, you wanna do it right here then? Hold it on the angle so no one can see it. Like the water. Like the water. The water is the Yeah. So I can flip it and it's going to come right at you. All right. 
you do at home to train. Smoke gang. I don't know what you do at home to train, but because that looked like that, I'm definitely not about to take one and be coughing for the next 10 minutes. What? Take I'm one call, of them, man. I'm gonna call for the next ten minutes. Take one of them, man. Nah, fam. Nah, nah. Alright, so listen. Okay, listen. So for everybody who watching, because the people who watching, and I be wanting to explain shit to people. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Explain to them what you're talking about, which, which is that. So we got wax. Alright. And yeah, that was a pretty, uh, pretty good dad. Somebody was telling me about them motherfuckers. Yeah, so, I still be coughing. Right? Yeah, yeah, I still be coughing. my man too. Make sure. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, appreciate it, yeah, dog. Appreciate yeah, it, yeah, motherfucker, yeah. dog. Hey, you want to hit this shit, boo? Man, I'm going to beat this shit. Come hit this shit. What you want for it? Oh, you talking about that? Man, I can't find that machine. You got to hit the whole thing. You got to clip that whole shit. That's right. One hit, though. You got to clip the whole shit to one hit. Let go, boo. Oh, no, dog. Not today. Let go. Well, you hit me to tell you all the prank. Go. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Facts. You gave me my first G pen. I still got that bitch right now today. Okay. I still got that G pen. But I'm gonna tell you why I stopped carrying my G pen, right? Because I ended up getting this motherfucker. All right. I called it the Palais. All right. <laughs> this they got. This my heavyweight head honey badger. All right. This the electric. This the electric dial. You know what I'm saying? You don't need no five with this. So only thing you gotta do is get this motherfucker. Hit that motherfucker five times. All right. And the only thing you gotta do. Let that motherfucker heat up a little bit, right? See, this this another little, this something else, you know what I'm saying? They were gonna make, they, they were gonna make you motherfucker do what they do, all right? And you say, hit the wax. <laughs> Perfect for him to go. Now you somewhere, you're in your car, you got some dab, you wanna pull in, you ain't smoking no blunt, you wanna get hot. All thing you gotta do is pull that bitch out, hit that bitch five times. Pop, 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 pop. Man, let me see that smoke for real, like that shit is sport to me. I know. So I just like going around. It's even better. Same for somebody else. I don't want this yeah. Let go. Let hit this shit, boo. Somebody first. Then weed. Let go. Hit this shit. Then weed. 
Now you got the weed on here. There's the flower. Oh. There's the weed on here. Is that real talk? I double. Come on. So I got both of those in there. Come here. Got to get older. Come on. 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 But y'all ready swear. Jump back down. I know what he's trying to do. You got me on camera like that last time. Yeah, because I haven't hit one of these. I haven't hit Ready? <laughs> All right. Y'all gonna sit over here. Boom, you back. That's a good little animation right there. Quick little, quick little smoke session. Now you finna, uh, now you finna hit the, uh, now you finna hit the, uh, the noodle motherfucker. The noodle motherfucker. The noodle motherfucker. The noodle motherfucker. The parlay motherfucker. Yeah. Because I'm a glass tip smoker. This is what I do. Yeah. Glass tip. This might be my new out in public motherfucker. Yeah. Definitely. Fam, you can have this. Yeah, yeah. Here. Keep that motherfucker going. Fat, yeah. dog. Please don't make me chase you for my glass tip. Fat. I don't it. even want the blunt back. Fat. Or the yeah. joint back. Yeah. I want my glass tip. You ain't got to so. worry about it now. You ain't got to change it no more. <laughs> nah, I'm going to work on it. Because even better, I'm going to make, make them kind of decent so they can fit in my little case. Yeah. My little, yeah, you can put you can put five, six on me now. You great. Hard five gets in. Yeah, yeah, Easy. yeah, yeah. A little over a gram fits right in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, great. this might be my new situation. Yeah, facts. facts. And it's only the rotini noodles. Right? Rotini noodles. That's it. Ro that's it. That's it, dog. Fact. I'm, I'm gonna have a tutorial because I watched him earlier. Yeah. His yeah. tutorial is pretty dope for you big. Big joint smokers. Big, big, yeah, big but joint you know, smokers. Everybody don't got three yeah. grams in the middle of the day to waste. You're right. I want to or just want to be that high. So yeah. I got about a 1.3 gram version of that coming soon. All right, so listen, let's get into this real quick. How you end up becoming Burner DJ? How did I end up being Burner's DJ? Okay, so I'm at Dreams, which is now probably man. My man Phil, <clears throat> excuse me, Felix's business partner, Phil from Houston, 
long and short of it, let's say they knew each other. Him and Burner knew each other from, you know, the hustling days. Um, oh, yeah, like, Burner knew him. He already had a DJ. His DJ moved on to a better position, like, just got moved on to just doing different shit for Burner. And he was like, yo, Tef, you want to be my DJ? I was like, shit, yeah. Wow. That was like seven years ago. That was dope. Took me on my first tour. Like, I've seen a whole lot of this country behind Burner. Like, and that's my partner, so it's not like going to work with your homie. So you've seen the evolution of the cookies? Absolutely. The runs, Absolutely. All the difference, the gelato. Strain, uh, bag cap, and all that bullshit. So that, that, is that how you really end up getting just knowledge about, about all the weed, the weed strands, the brands, and, and how that shit break down being around him? Like, did you, okay, I know you like you smoke weed already, but like now you're really starting to get into it, like the sativas, the hybrids, the indica, like what's right. this? The different level of the CBDs and how the bottom, how it make you feel when you smoke it. Like, see, nigga don't be understanding all this shit. Like, it, it's different levels. Like, niggas just say, I, I want this because it got a lot of THC. That don't mean you're going to get high from it. It mean, like, be for you. Highest THC content ain't um, it because different weed affects different people differently. So, What you think that always hit percentage is? I think 17, 18. Yeah, roughly around there, 20-ish. It, it, it just Actually, that, that percentage depends on where you're getting your weed from. I can go for that. I can go for that. But usually, like, well, I'm going to say like this, especially when I go to dispensaries, like you, I say that, yeah, 17, 20, somewhere around there, yes. you're going to be pretty good. No, no matter what you get, you're going to be pretty good. In you know that range, you're pretty Yeah. And free game. So if all you need to, like, take trips, you want to go to Vegas or Cali, you want to go in the dispensary and get your weed and shit, free game, now. Me, personally, if you go in and you're just trying to have a good time, buy a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like, whatever you can afford, just try a whole bunch of shit. Man, now you know this nigga on OD. Bro, you, yeah. This nigga OD. I mean. Don't this nigga be OD. Don't he be OD on the weed, don't he? Sure. Hey, you know what, though? He really like to put wet. Huh? All, all that nigga be OD. God know he one of man. Hell yeah, man. And see, <laughs> when you smoke like that, you're a different kind of smoker. Like, yeah. yeah. Once you dive into rolling snakes in the grass and shit like that, what the fuck a joint gonna do for you? Like that's that's what you want to smoke from now on, little like I'm fucked up. Yeah, that shit that shit is rude. I'm, like, I'm fucked up. I know this. I, yeah, I'm fucked. We we. Oh yeah, that shit is fucked up. It's yeah, an expensive man. habit. No, nah, definitely. Like, once you start doing it, is what you like to do. It becomes your new way of smoking. So if you got some wax, and I feel like putting it in a joint is wasting. You fucking is. Hey, listen. Wasting. If it. you put wax in your blunt, if you put crumb in your blunt, you fucking it up. Please stop doing that. Stop wasting. Stop fucking your blunt up. That's why you be getting that half-ass high. No. And you wonder why you ain't really high like that. You really I'm just chicken yourself because you really don't spend more. You don't spend the money on it, so you want to feel like you got your high done. Every I'm, nigga know that feeling. I'm high, but your mind you like, but I really ain't high. You be talking to yourself like, yeah, you really ain't high. You fucking it up, bro. I say do what makes you happy, but if you really want to blast off like you want to put it on the tip get a nectar collector a yeah. dab rig a gravity bomb that like I, I i like my concentrate i i definitely matter of fact this is my portable shot yeah this comes with me to work oh yeah yeah in my, in my little portable i take this I, I take that with me to work like I, I'll, I'll stop djing 
Yeah. I'm going to get you a parlay. I'm going to get you a parlay. I need one of them. I'm going to get you a parlay. I'm going to get you. Who going to hit the parlay? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what, y'all, what you got coming up, Tim? Um... Shows coming up. Well, he got a couple shows that I'll be DJing. Um, yeah, y'all. College football season starts, so that means I'm back with Georgia Tech again. Okay. So you can catch me at jo- most Georgia Tech games, except Vernon them got shows and games on the same day. I'm probably gonna miss the Tech games. Y'all know a kid who uh, he committed to uh, Georgia Tech. His name's Antonio. He goes <coughs> to Hudson Hughes High School. They got a running nice back. <coughs> he, he fight gonna be the best. <coughs> they have a nice program, and they're very. Serious about recruiting from here. Yeah. Like, no, dead serious. Like, yeah, I know that. From just being around the team, like, they dead, they dead serious. Because, like, the coach asked me one time, he was like, geographically, like, if you live in Atlanta, why would you drive an hour and a half to Athens? And I was like, coach, I know more people that went to, out there than here. Mm-hmm. Referring to Georgia, like, mm-hmm. you, you just identify with it more. Like, yes. nobody really knows – who knows somebody went to Georgia Tech? Besides motherfucking, uh... You gotta take that option. Nah, uh, I run it back. I mean, a wide receiver, bro. Kevin Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Who do you know that went to Georgia Tech? Uh, I know two people went to Georgia Tech. How many people you know went to Georgia? <laughs> okay, uh, we, and we're gonna leave it there. I know a lot. <laughs> I, know, I know a lot. Nah, you about right, though. You about right, though. And you back doing that with all the, the college shit. That was up, dog, man. That was up, man. Um, and just, um, just pushing the line, like between burner and then being tapped in with Gas House, just helping them push them on certain projects and like vibes, paper. Gas House got the Delta Eight that's that's booming right now. Just I'm behind the scenes on a lot of little things. Yeah, know? yeah, man. I'm trying to tap in. I'm definitely trying to tap in, man. I'm definitely trying to tap in, man. Yeah, yeah man. Well, shit, man, I want to say appreciate you for coming through, dog. I appreciate you, you having me. Yeah, they were doing night right here. They gonna fuck them right here. You know what I'm saying? Night, and, good, and, good and session. You high as shit. Like you smoke yes. with everybody. No, like, I'm high. You high. Fucking right. That's, that's you real fucking talk. right. That's what I came, fucking ball. That's what I came to do. Cause real talk, drop this shit. Y'all can look it up on the internet. Facts, dog. Cushion conversation. Parlay made it his business to come through. And smoke me under the table. So yeah. this is just me returning the face. Yes, yeah, definitely, dog. I'm definitely smoked out. This shit is definitely smoke game. Fucking approve and step, dog. Motherfucking appreciate you, dog. Shit. Appreciate you having me, dog. I'm gonna tell you I like about this shit too. I ain't never seen my dog do no interview, man. <laughs> That's what I like about this shit, man. I ain't never seen my dog do no interview, man. I appreciate you having me for real. Yeah, for shit till next motherfucking time, dog. Man, we tapped in. We're gonna keep the smoking going, we're gonna keep rolling up, we're gonna keep dabbing. Yeah, in the apartment with Palais. Me, me at the apartments. <laughs>